On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks made eight player selections during day two of the 2022 NHL draft. I'll go over each pick and discuss which were my favorite selections. Then I'll provide a couple of updates on pending RFAs, Dominic Kubalik and Dylan Strom. And then to wrap things up, per usual, to start off the week will be our Mailbag Monday fan segment. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, July 11th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's podcast and you like what you're hearing, And please be sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast, which will only take a quick couple of seconds. Literally just a quick click of the button will help me out tremendously. Be sure to go and leave the show five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And if you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then feel free to go and leave me a review as well. I always greatly appreciate getting some feedback from my tremendous listeners out there. If you're a regular listener of the show and you like what you're hearing on a day-to-day basis, be sure to go and leave me a review. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. If you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, And be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because each and every episode, folks, moving forward through the rest of the summer into training camp later on this fall, each episode is going to have a video attached to it as well. So if you haven't done so yet, please go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I would really appreciate it. I'm really trying to keep boosting those subscriber numbers up, and you all have been a great help over the past couple weeks. I've basically seen my subscriber number double. Uh, so thank you for all the support, but let's keep trying to boost those numbers up. Also, go and smash the like button for me down below as well and comment as to what grade you would give Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson for his first NHL draft as Blackhawks general manager. And last, be sure to go and turn on those push notifications. Go and ring the bell so that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your week. Happy Monday, everyone. Hope everybody enjoyed a lovely weekend out there. Got to spend it uh, outside enjoying the lovely weather with some friends and family. I know I did. So hope you all are uh, in the same boat, but a pretty chaotic weekend for the Chicago Blackhawks. Last week was just mayhem on so many different fronts. Uh, but to open things up this morning, I wanted to begin with everything that took place in a hectic day two of the 2022 NHL draft for the Chicago Blackhawks. And originally, I thought about um, posting an episode on Saturday morning following. The second day of the NHL draft. I posted one on Friday morning after everything 
that went down in round one. Uh, of course, the Alex Debrinka trade, the Kirby Doc trade, uh, and then taking Kevin Korchinski at seventh overall, Frank Nazar at 13th, and then taking on Peter Morazic's contract in order to get back into the first round a third time and select defenseman Sam Renzel. I have a quick five-minute video on each one of those prospects already uploaded on my YouTube channel. So if you want to check out a little bit more uh, about each of those first-round selections from the Blackhawks, be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks' YouTube channel. You'll see each of those videos, and be sure to click the subscribe button while you're over there. Uh, I would really appreciate it. Uh, but breaking down day two of the NHL draft, uh, I-, I wanted to take the time to kind of do a little bit more digging and research on each of the players, uh, each of the eight players that the Blackhawks selected in, in rounds two through seven. Uh, and then, you know, I, I thought it would be better to come back on the show and talk a little bit about all of them. And I'm definitely glad I did because uh, I learned a couple of things about uh, each of these players or a couple of these guys, I guess I should say, that I didn't know from uh, first glance. So uh, getting right into it, with their first pick in the second round, it came 39th overall, uh, which they received as part of the Alex DeBrinkett trade from the Ottawa, Ottawa Senators, of course. Uh, with the 39th overall pick, the Blackhawks took forward Paul Ludwinski, a forward, and you would see that become a common theme for the Blackhawks on the second day as all eight of their picks from rounds two through eight came at the forward position. And I love to see Kyle Davidson uh, address him in the scouting department, recognize that they have this lack of forward depth in the pipelines and go out and address this immediately in the 2022 NHL draft. Again, all eight picks from rounds two through seven uh, were made at the forward position. But for Ludwinski, he's a 5'11", 185-pound center. He tallied uh, 43 points, 16 goals, and 27 assists in 67 games for the Kingston Frontenacs of the OHL this past season. Uh, But Ludwinski is mostly known for his high motor, kind of being an all-gas, no-breaks type of guy. Pretty good speed and skating. Uh, He's got a defense. A decent offensive game to go along with it. And I think a lot of people, a lot of scouts and a lot of um, hockey folks believe that Ludwinski has uh, a really solid all-around game and that, you know, because he could play at a really fast pace and a uh, quick tempo, he's got good hockey IQ that uh, he's got a pretty solid floor. Like he might not have the highest ceiling because the offensive uh, abilities don't really jump out at you. Again, he only had uh, 43 points in 67 games this past season. So not really known for his offense, but known for being a good all-around player with hustle, work ethic, uh, tenacity, good hockey IQ. And he's got a little bit of offense to go along with it too. It's just not necessarily the best part of his game. So um, maybe a little bit of a stretch here by the Blackhawks. That's kind of what some uh, draft experts said about this pick of Paul Ludwinski. But I think they really focused on, again, throughout this NHL draft, you'll see this as a common theme on the second day as well, but the Blackhawks really wanted to take forwards who had speed, a little bit of size, and also hustle. None of these picks really were offensive wizards, which as you move on through the later rounds of the draft, you start to get less and less of those. Uh, But certainly even here with their second round picks, I think the Blackhawks went with more of a solid all-around player against someone who has a decent floor and might be more of a bottom six to middle six piece rather than top six upside. Uh, But I think the Blackhawks like everything about him away from the puck too. So they're just hoping he could hopefully develop those um, 
offensive skills a little bit more, but he does still have a pretty good game to go along with the fast pace that he likes to play. So maybe a little bit of a stretch here taking Ludwinski, but uh, I do like his overall game a lot. Next at 57, the second second round pick that the Blackhawks made, they took Riley Green, who's a center from the Green Bay Gamblers of the United States Hockey League, six foot two, 180 pounds, a big boy for being 18 years old. He also had 51 points in 59 USHL games this past season. It was uh, his third USHL season, by the way. Uh, but he's Riley Green or Ryan Green, excuse me, is known for um, I don't know why I said Riley. Um, Ryan Green is known for being a really sound two-way forward with good size, good skating ability once again. Uh, but just another guy who's known for having a really solid motor and uh, really knows how to use that to his advantage on the defensive side of things. I think more so than probably any one of the Blackhawks draft picks here in day two, Ryan Green's the one who's known most for being responsible defensively. Uh, kind of like Ludwinski, I think he might be more of a bottom six type of guy with the way that he plays the game and the way that he goes about his business. Uh, and the offense, again, is kind of the concern here. There isn't that high ceiling for Ryan Green because uh, even in his third year in the USHL, he wasn't even a point-per-game guy. So another high-floor type of player here, I believe, with Green at 57 and possibly another bit of a reach, but only time will tell on that front. Uh, then with their third, their first pick in the third round, the Blackhawks took Gavin Hayes, another big boy, six foot two, uh, 180 pounds once again, just like, um, just like Ryan Green. Uh, he played for the Flint Firebirds of the OHL this past season. He tallied 49 points in 65 games. Again, common theme here, Blackhawks fans, a really good skater for his size, who also brings a physical presence and can play hard and physical on the defensive side of things. And one thing in particular for Hayes, when I was kind of breaking him down, I noticed he does have a sneaky good shot. And that's one thing a lot of scouts said about him. There is room for him to grow offensively with that shot. Might not be much of a playmaker, but he has the ability to blow it by you. And that could kick up his offensive upside just a little bit. So uh, maybe a little bit of untapped potential there offensively, which I think the Hawks like to see. Uh, but overall, again, more size and speed at number 66 with Gavin Hayes. Uh, and, of course, that pick came as part of the deal from the Montreal Canadiens for Kirby Doc. Second pick in the third round, number 81, the Hawks took Samuel Savoie, 5'10", 190-pound forward that played for the Gatineau Olympiques of the QMJHL this past season. Uh, 33 points in 64 games, not the highest offensive ceiling. This might have been the biggest reach for the Blackhawks to me. Uh, just kind of another player that's known for high motor and having good speed along with it. He's a good four checker, good puck pursuit. He's physical for his size, even though uh, he does need to get a little bit stronger. He, he is still pretty strong for being five foot 10 already. Uh, lots of energy, lots of good hustle at all times. The, the motor is, is really the key thing about Savoie, but there's just not a whole lot of offensive upside here. I think he has the potential to be a role player, but I don't know. This to me seemed like a, a big reach for the Blackhawks with the 81st overall selection in Matthew Savoie. One of the more interesting picks that the Blackhawks made came at number 90 when they took Aiden Thompson, who's a 20-year-old overager, tallied 115 points in 109 games for the Lincoln Stars of the USHL this season, and he actually uh, broke some offensive records for the Stars this season. So a really good offensive game, another well-rounded player. He's got some size to him. Uh, one thing in particular about Aiden Thompson, uh, he, he kind of, 
likes to talk a lot of trash. Same with Savoie. Those guys are they're kind of the trash talkers, I think, of the bunch. And Savoie in particular, they, they, there was someone that compared him to kind of an Andrew Shaw game with the way he likes to chirp. I can see the same thing about Aiden Thompson as well. Well-rounded player, uh, physical presence, someone who's actually been kind of praised for his leadership in the past too. So this is a pick I'm really intrigued by here uh, at number 90 with Aiden Thompson. Uh, the last three picks for the Blackhawks, I'm going to kind of go through them uh, real quick. Um, Dominic James was their sixth round pick. He went 173rd overall in the sixth round. Another overager here for the Blackhawks, which in the later rounds we've kind of seen, uh, it's been a common theme for them over the past couple of years. Uh, and he's actually teammates with Blackhawks, fellow Blackhawks defenseman prospect Wyatt Kaiser over at the University of Minnesota Duluth. James put up 18 points in 39 games this past season as a 20 year old. Uh, known for his defensive game more so as well. So a lot of these guys have similar breakdowns when you go through them all. Just good speed, good, well-rounded game. Um, and actually, because of that, Dominic James, because of his defensive game, that's exactly what he's known for. He actually uh, surprisingly landed a spot on Team USA's 2022 World Juniors roster. So th that's what he's known for is the defensive presence being a good four-checker that's probably what stood out to the Blackhawks, and it obviously stood out to Team USA as well. So another potential good role player here, but that's kind of what you're asking for here in the sixth round. So um, I think it's a decent pick overall by the Blackhawks to take Dominic James. I'm a little bit intrigued. And then in the seventh round, a couple of interesting ones here too. The Hawks took Niels Juntorp. I believe I have that right, with their first pick in the seventh round. Uh, kid tallied 41 points in 44 games in a Swedish junior league this past season. Uh, six foot one, 185 pounds. He's got some good size to him. He'll be joining the Dubuque Fighting Saints of the USHL next season. So making the transition over to North America already, which is good news for the Hawks. We'll see if they have something here in a, another seventh round pick in Niels Juntorp. And then last, but certainly not least, and certainly not least has some emphasis on it, folks, because uh, the last pick that the Blackhawks made in the 2022 NHL draft was Rico Riku Tohila. Who's a six foot eight center out of Finland? Uh, another absolutely huge prospect taken by the Blackhawks in the later rounds. It's been a common theme for them as well. Uh, but Tohila is known as a hard worker, but definitely a little bit of a project here. I mean, six foot eight. Uh, the Hawks apparently were intrigued by his long term potential, though. So, uh, what a way to wrap up the 2022 NHL draft. A massive day, too. Uh, they wrap it up by taking a massive player in six foot eight center Rico Riku Tohila uh, with the final pick in the seventh round. So all in all, I thought it was an intriguing day two by the Blackhawks. I thought um, I thought they reached a little bit with a couple of these picks, and they didn't get a whole lot of offensive upside in the later rounds. Uh, and I think that's probably what scouts dislike the most about their day two. Not a lot of um, quality selections in the minds of scouts for the Blackhawks on day two. I really like Aiden Thompson. I think he's going to be an interesting player. Paul Ludwinski, I think if he can figure out the offensive side of things, could be a really good middle six piece. Uh, I think Ryan Green has good defensive upside too, but none of them really jump off the charts to you with, with an overall high ceiling. So I think it was just kind of an okay day two for the Blackhawks. I really liked what they did on day one. Um, day two to me was just kind of man. I think they just wanted to get a couple of well-rounded players and hope they can 
uh, maybe sneak away a couple of good role players one day down the road. So I kind of give the Blackhawks a meh overall for day two. But again, who knows? We're going to have to wait and see uh, what these prospects turn into down the road. But eight picks made by the Blackhawks on day two, and all eight of them came at the forward position. All right, I think that takes care of everything from day two of the 2022 NHL draft. Coming up in just a moment, I still have to get into some updates on Dylan Strom and Dominic Kubalik, plus a quick overview of Blackhawks prospect development camp, which begins later this morning. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. It's that time of the year again, folks, as Bet Online, uh, as baseball season is finally upon us, it has taken over for the summer. And Bet Online has way more odds and info from game scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. And it's not just baseball, from esports, golf, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is both the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports in Vegas casino games. Bet online, where the game begins. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Moving on into segment two today, I also want to be sure to provide a quick couple of updates on pending RFAs. Dylan Strom and Dominic Kubelik, because today is actually the final day across the NHL for qualifying offers to be given out. And well, neither Dylan Strom nor Dominic Kubelik, not a huge surprise here, but neither of them apparently are going to be coming back with the Blackhawks next season, as expected. We already had a feeling this was coming throughout the majority of the summer. Um, neither of them are going to be getting deals and will now hit the market as unrestricted free agents later on this week. Uh, first for Strowman, it's sad after all he had to go through um, just to get his spot and to prove himself in the second half this season. I mean, he's been involved in trade talks for well over a year now, dating back to when Jeremy Colleton was the head coach and Dylan Strom was in his doghouse for whatever reason. Uh, he's not playing at all, really, at the start of the year. Works his way into the lineup a little bit as Derek King becomes the interim. Uh, and then in the second half, he becomes the Blackhawks' top-line center in between Alex Dabrinka and Patrick Kane, and he was darn near a point-per-game guy down the second half of the season and was easily the Blackhawks' best center. I mean, without a doubt, they really struggled down the middle this year, and Dylan Strom was, by and large, their best center iceman. So, it, I mean, it's just disappointing to see, and we knew this was coming again, but I don't know. It, it's frustrating that the Blackhawks are going this route with all their you know, mid-20s players. Like, those guys, they're still young in their careers, but with the direction and the path that the Blackhawks are taking, you know, those guys could be 30 again when they're going to be good, which I do understand. If Dil if Alex debrink has gone, Dylan Strom wasn't coming back. It's just disappointing because I really do believe in Dylan Strom as a player. I really do believe he could be, you know, maybe not, I don't even know if he's a second liner, but I think he could be a very valuable middle six piece on a, a very good team. Like, he's got... He's got the game. Maybe he's not the top playmaker and needs to play with offensive-minded guys in order to have success. And, you know, the speed is always going to be a detriment. His defensive ability isn't the greatest. But he has offensive upside, and he's shown that now. I mean, legitimate offensive upside, a point-per-game player in the second half of this season. 
And there are a lot of teams out there who are licking their chops seeing Dylan Strome become an unrestricted free agent. He only has a $3.6 million qualifying offer. So it, it sucks that the Blackhawks aren't bringing him back. Again, I get that he doesn't fit the direction that they're going, but I don't know what more he would have had had to have done in order to get a new contract from the Blackhawks. But ultimately, I just think he didn't fit exactly the game plan and the direction of where the franchise is trying to go right now. And then for Dominic Kubelik, he was due a $4 million qualifying offer. And with his lack of offense over the last two years, I get why the Blackhawks wouldn't want to pay him that. Uh, it just sucks that, you know, two years ago, this guy was a Calder Trophy finalist, and now we're going to let him go for free and get absolutely nothing in return. Like, that's that's also the most frustrating part about this to me, too. Like, okay, I get there might not have been suitors out there for Dylan Strome. We were trying to trade him forever. But Dominic Kubelik had legitimate interest. The Edmonton Oilers were interested at one point. Um, I believe there were a couple other teams that were kicking the tires on him, like, to absolutely get nothing in return for Dominic Kubelik, that's for sure frustrating when it seems like we could have moved him at some point over the past and at least gotten something. Like, oh, maybe Kyle Davidson couldn't have gotten the third round pick that he wanted at the deadline. Maybe he would have had to settle for a fourth or a fifth. Well, now we're not going to get anything, Kyle. So that's my one little knock about this and the Blackhawks letting go of their RFAs. Like, they let go of Pia Suter last summer, didn't get anything in return for him. They let David Camp go, didn't get anything in return for him. That just seems like poor asset management to me uh, more than anything. Like, I get that the Blackhawks are wanting to go in a different direction now, but I still think it's poor asset management to let those guys walk for absolutely nothing in return when I feel like you had an opportunity to move them at the deadline. Same with Calvin DeHaan, like, to get nothing for any of those guys, I mean, it it just makes me want to rip my hair out a little bit. So sad to see that Dylan Strome isn't going to be coming back. Dominic Kubelik, I get a little bit more because he just has not been the same consistent goal scorer that he was in his first season. The even strength goals, the lack of those is definitely a bit concerning. And with a $4 million qualifying offer, I don't think the Blackhawks wanted to give him that. So uh, those two appear to be hitting the open market later on this week once free agency opens up. And Apparently, so do a couple of all, uh, other RFAs for the Blackhawks. The only two RFAs that the Blackhawks are expected to bring back at this point are Caleb Jones and Philip Kershev. Philip Kershev, no surprise there. Good young player, still only 22 years old. I think he's still got a lot left to prove to Blackhawks fans. Um, and then for Caleb Jones, he was the one who I really thought was going to be the toughest decision of the offseason. I, I did feel... I was leaning towards thinking the Blackhawks would, in fact, bring him back, and that appears to be what they're going to do now. Um, I just think there's still a little bit of untapped potential there and a lot of things that Caleb does well. There isn't a whole lot of that throughout the rest of the roster on the back end for the Blackhawks. A good puck mover, someone who could shut play down at the blue line, a little bit of offensive upside in there as well. So I do think it was the right choice ultimately to bring Caleb Jones back, assuming that the news that he got a qualifying offer is true. Uh, but real quick, apparently there are a couple Rockford Ice Hogs players who did not receive qualifying offers from the Blackhawks. Those would be Andre Altibarmakian, uh, Wyatt Kalanuk, Kale Morris, and I feel like I'm leaving one out. I definitely am. I'm going to pull it up on my phone. But real quick, Wyatt Kalanuk, it, it just didn't seem like there was going to be the room for him on the back end with so many prospects coming up in the next couple of years. After he had a struggle-filled season down with the Rockford Ice Hogs, I think ultimately it just became a numbers game for the Blackhawks front office, and that sucks because Wyatt Kalanuk was someone who I really believed in and I thought he had some offensive potential. 
really shine in his first stint with the Blackhawks. He just never could really find his way back up and stay there. So uh, I think it just was simply a numbers game, though, as to why Kalanuck, uh wasn't able to come back this year. Um, Andre Altibarmakian, too, is an interesting one because he has some size and some speed to him. I know it was a disappointing, certainly, first half of the year. He picked it up in the second half when he was paired with uh, Michael Tepley and Lucas Reichel down in the, the AHL. But uh, Alti, I guess, didn't do enough uh, to bring to, to be given a qualifying offer in the offseason. Sorry, I just don't want to. Cameron Morrison was the other one. I apologize. Put my phone down now. But Andre Altibarmakian, Cameron Morrison, Wyatt Kalanuck, and Kale Morris, the four Rockford Ice Hogs, who likely won't be getting qualifying offers. Uh, Morris, there are other goaltenders in the system. I mean, we already have Arvid Soderblom, Jackson Staubner signed on from Providence College. Drew Comesso is going to be coming up sometime soon. So ultimately, that was just a numbers game. Again, I think there just wouldn't be the room for Kale Morris to be getting consistent time in net for the Ice Hogs next season. And then Cam Morrison never really made much of his time here after the Blackhawks acquired him from the Colorado Avalanche. I believe he was a former second round pick. That one doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, none of these really do all that much except for kind of Andre Altibarmakian. Uh, but it appears, again, that the only two RFAs that the Blackhawks' entire organization is going to be bringing back for next season are Caleb Jones and Philip Kurashev. All right, real quick, folks, before I get into Mailbag Monday, I also had to be sure to mention that uh, the Blackhawks Prospect Development Camp will be starting later on this morning. The camp will be held from Monday through Friday at Fifth Third Arena in Chicago. It is going to be open to the public, and it's 100% for free. So I really hope to see a lot of you down there. It's going to be a ton of fun to see uh, the next wave of players for the Chicago Blackhawks and their future. Uh, the sessions, by the way, they're going to be split into two groups running from 10 a.m. till 1245 on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Wednesday is going to be a testing day, whatever that means. Uh, I'm not really sure at this point, and I actually messaged Charlie Romeliotis, the Blackhawks insider, and he told me he really doesn't even know what that means yet. So uh, just wait and see what Wednesday is going to be. Uh, and then 3v3 scrimmages are going to be held on Friday. And that's always fun to see the guys kind of show off their skill sets and whatnot. So I'm super stoked for this to get all underway. And all 11 players that were selected in the 2022 NHL draft will be there. Plus Alex Vlasic, Colton Dock, Landon Slager, Nolan Allen, 2021 first round pick. Uh, Drew Camesso is going to be there as well. A lot of future Blackhawks are going to be participating this week. So be sure to come on down if you got some free time throughout the week. Again, it's free to the public, only a couple hours long from 10 to 12.45. Come on down. And if you happen to see me, uh, be sure to come and say hi. I'll be the one wearing the Locked On hat. I'll probably be in this Blackhawks, uh, I forget the name of these, Blackhawks pullover, whatever it is. Uh, come say hi if you see me. I'd love to talk with some of my fans out there. I appreciate all the support that I always get. And I'd love to thank you all in person for tuning into the show as much as you all do. So come on down, come say hi to me and all the Blackhawks folks down at Fifth Third Arena later on today. Uh, and let me thank you all for the support in person because it truly means the world to me that you all are, uh, that so many of you are tuning into the show on a daily basis. I, I really appreciate it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite parts of the summer. So be sure to come on down to Fifth Third Arena and see some of the future faces of the Chicago Blackhawks franchise.
All right, I think that takes care of a quick preview over Blackhawks prospect development camp. Coming up in just a minute, I still have to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. But first, I need to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product, which is one scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start your day. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. And Athletic Greens was first created when the founder experienced a ton of gut issues themselves and ended up on a complicated supplement routine in order to recover. That used to cost them over $100 per day, but now Athletic Greens has an optimal and affordable nutrition routine that only costs you $3 per day, which is such a cheap way to invest in both your health and your body. I'm not kidding, folks. I actually try and make sure to get in my one scoop of AG1 each and every morning. I just had one before I recorded the show. If I'm ever going golfing with some of my buddies, I make sure to have a scoop of AG1 before I go. It just gives me that extra energy and gives me that extra mental kick that I need to start off my day. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens gives you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go and visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network right now. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three now today before I wrap things up and let you all go and enjoy the rest of your Mondays. As always, to start off the week, I still got to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. The first question I wanted to answer today comes from at High Warlord Chad, who asked, What are you looking forward to most next season? Obviously, we're in a rebuild, but we got to have something positive to look for. Would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, it's going to be bleak for next season, to say the least. Um, What I'm excited for the most, I think, is to see a lot of these young players get their first opportunities and also the ones who did kind of build off of their first NHL stints. A guy like Lucas Reichel, for sure, who... In his 11 NHL games, if you go and look at the stats, you know, nothing really jumps out at you. He only has one assist, but he had so many freaking scoring chances in those 11 games, particularly the last three, four, or five. He was getting more and more comfortable. The puck just wasn't finding its way into the back of the net. So I think there's a lot for Lucas Reichel to capitalize on in his next stint. And I'm really excited to see him take that next leap in his game because he has the speed, he has the skill set. I think it's just a matter of putting it all together and getting a little bit more uh, reps in NHL games under his belt. I think that's all it's going to take before he becomes a very special player for the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm also really excited to see Ian Mitchell come back to the NHL. Um, Maybe Alec Regula, Alex Vlasic as well. Both those two I thought performed really well for being their first kind of full NHL stints toward the end of the season. Um, Those are kind of the guys who I'm really excited for. Jakob Galvis. I'm also really excited for Arvid Soderblom. I don't know if he's actually going to be the backup to start the year. We're going to have to kind of wait and see if Kevin Lankinen is going to come back, but I'm really excited for Arvid Soderblom, and I have really – I don't want to 
set the bar too high and say I have high expectations for him, but what he's able to do as a 22-year-old netminder already, I mean, the kid was a stud down in Rockford, and if you watch the Ice Hogs play in the postseason, you were like, okay, Arvid Soderblom, outside of Lucas Reichel, he might be the top prospect in this entire organization. Now, that was before the Blackhawks went and added three first-round picks this year, but still, that's the type of upside I think Arvid Soderblom has. So I'm really excited to see a lot of those young players kind of get their first regular reps as NHLers and also uh, the next wave who's trying to come up and, you know, kind of make their NHL debuts and cement themselves as future uh, key pieces of the organization throughout this rebuild. That's really what I'm most excited for next season, certainly not the wins and losses. The second question I wanted to answer today comes from at J18HawkFan who asked, simple but most important question, do Taze and Kane stay or go? Big question that I know is out a lot of Blackhawks fans' minds right now. For Jonathan Taze, I mean, I think we were always a bit more uh, aware of the likelihood of him leaving Chicago based on the comments that he made this past season and his inability to commit to the city and the franchise. I think that kind of really um, made all of us fans aware that the door is open potentially for Jonathan Taves to leave if he wants to waive his no movement clause or uh, once his contract expires, he may not even want to come back here. So um, I think Taves has always been the more likely of the two candidates, but after trading Alex DeBrinkett and not re-signing Dylan Strom, Patrick Kane, they're going to have a sit-down with him and his agent. Um, the front office is going to, you know, pick his brain and see where he's at in this process. And if there's a time for Patrick Kane to want out, this really seems like it. I mean, he hasn't waived his no-movement clause up to this point, but we heard what he said during his end-of-the-season presser. Alex DeBrinkett's here. It's easier for me to envision myself here. Well. Alex DeBrinkett just got traded, bud. So Patrick Kane, I don't know exactly what he's going to want to do. Of course, I'm not having conversations with him about this stuff, and I don't know what's going on in his head, but you would have to imagine if there's a time for him to go, this would be it. So we're going to have to hear what happens at those meetings. I'm sure it'll be very public knowledge. I mean, um, if he doesn't, if he waves his no movement clause, the Blackhawks, I'm sure, would you know they're not going to actively try to trade him unless he gives them per- <clears throat> unless he gives them permission which if he does there are going to be a lot of teams interested in a guy like Patrick Kane so i'm sure that news would become very public although it would absolutely break my heart as you can tell by my backdrop he's my favorite player uh the reason why i, I love this game and this team as much as i do it would be a very sad day but yeah it does seem like if there was ever a time for Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze as well, the way of their no-movement clauses, that would be right now. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, July 11th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now, wherever you get your podcast, and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, Be sure to go and check out the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news and info around the NHL throughout the offseason. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates.
And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You could also hit me up on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you could call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.